Welcome to SNAP, survivors of narcissistic and abusive personalities. This educational recovery podcast is presented by Claremont Mental Health and Mandy Friedman, licensed professional clinical counsellor. This presentation contains vital information for survivors of abuse. Topics include the spectrum of abusive personalities, targets of abuse, abusive relationships, and survivors in recovery. We hope this information helps you gain solid footing and clarity as you navigate your road to recovery. Hi everyone, Mandy Friedman here. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you find it to be helpful. Don't forget that you can reach out to me via email and give me ideas for topics you'd like to hear about. Look for my email address in the show notes. Today we're going to talk about SNAP stages of recovery. So these are eight stages that I have found to be common in the development of my clients' recovery and progress as they heal and grow after narcissistic abuse. You know, after a while, people will ask, like, what should I expect? Should I, you know, how long does this take? And and where where am I in my process? So I devise these eight phases or stages based on my experience and what I've seen my clients go through as they recover. So let's get started with the eight stages of recovery from narcissistic abuse. The first stage is questioning. So this happens when you start Googling things. You know, you're still in the situation, whether it be familial, whether it be the workplace, whether it be um, an intimate partner scenario where Somebody is doing things to you, behaving in a certain way, or perhaps you notice you're behaving in a certain way or having certain physiological responses. You might start asking yourself, how come every time I'm around this person, I don't feel well and I need to leave the room? You know, what's going on? So you start questioning and wondering if something in your life or something in this scenario or situation is a thing that somebody else has experienced. Maybe there's language for it. Maybe there's research on it. Who knows? You know, so when you find yourself questioning, is this right? Is this okay? Is this person treating me well? You know, I have this bad feeling, but it's also kind of cryptic. I can't, I can't really put my finger on it. So you start Googling, you start researching, you start asking questions about these behaviors, these people, um, and these situations. The second stage is discovery. So Discovery happens after you've asked the question and now you're finding answers and you're like, whoa, oh my goodness, look at all of this. It's a whole other thing, a whole other world. It's, I've been living in it and didn't even know it really, right? So once we start to discover what narcissistic abuse is and who are the perpetrators of narcissistic abuse and who are the targets of narcissistic abuse, your eyes are wide open now and things are starting to make sense. Things from your past are like illuminated and clarified um, and, and really opens your eyes to a lot of things that have been going on all along, but you just did not know that that's what it was. Now we have the phase, phase number three. Phase three is education. So we had number one is questioning. Number two is discovery. And number three is education. So this is, you've asked the question, 
you have found the answers and now you're really going to start learning about what this is. Uh, this might be the part where you're watching um, a lot of YouTube videos, you're listening to a podcast like this one. You know, you're really diving in to educate yourself so that you have the language, the verbiage, um, you have the concepts, common concepts that you run into right when you first start the educational process would be things like gaslighting or flying monkeys. Um, you know, you start learning the terminology for it, no contact, gray rock, right? These are all common concepts that we toss around and utilize during our recovery from narcissistic abuse. So the education phase, I just want to point out that a lot of people, as they start the education phase, they mistake it for recovery. <laughs> they think that, and understandably so, that as you're learning about it, that that somehow is solving things or that somehow is working on things. Um, and that by knowing about it, intellectually understanding it and knowing about it, that that somehow solves it or that somehow helps us recover um, or that it should help our symptoms of anxiety and PTSD to decrease because we have the information, right? Unfortunately, that's not how it works, you guys. And, and it doesn't work like that for me either, right? So I can know everything there is to know about trauma, narcissistic abuse, neurobiology of those conditions of, you know, I can, I can teach people how to navigate a situation and how to recover from it. But that does not save me. My knowledge doesn't save me from my own condition of having PTSD and having to work on myself in therapy and face my issues and come up with strategies and ways to change behavior, right? So education is just one factor, one piece of your journey of recovery from narcissistic abuse. So just keep that in mind. Number four is detoxification. Detoxification is when now we're taking all this information that we've learned and we're starting to make changes in our life to detoxify our life. And that could mean things like starting to focus on self-care, prioritizing self-care so that you can be more fortified, so that you can focus more and have you know, the presence of mind. Um, you might set boundaries with people who are engaging you in a way that's draining. You know, you might also, uh, maybe, that, maybe you've never been to therapy before, but maybe you find a therapist that understands narcissistic abuse. Detoxification could include that as well. So detoxification, stage four, is just basically we're cleaning up the messes. You know, we're making behavioral changes, we're setting boundaries, we're, we're also changing our relationships. You know, you might have a friend that you've been friends with for a long time, but, you know, over the past, you know, year or, you know, recent time, you notice that they're draining you and asking for too much and they're always taking and they're not giving and it's an imbalanced situation. It doesn't seem to be getting any better. So this might be a time that you set boundaries with that friend. You know, this is when you start saying no to things. Um, so detoxification has to do with you learning how to take care of yourself, learning how to set boundaries, and making active changes, changing behavior, changing patterns, changing routines, 
in order to create a healthier life. Now this part of the process can take a very long time. And also keep in mind, just like everything else having to do with these topics, is that you know it, things bleed into each other. Remember the SNAP spectrum of abusive personalities. It's a spectrum. So everybody has a little bit of something, right? And the same thing goes for these stages. You might still be um, discovering things while you're doing detoxification. Um, so keep it in mind that these are just general phases. Um, they're not super clean cut, all right? Okay, so we've had number one, questioning. Number two, discovery. Number three, education. Number four, detoxification. Now we're going to talk about number five, which is confirmation. So you have asked the questions, you found the answers, you have educated yourself, you have made changes in your life, and now you're feeling the rewards. Now you're feeling that I feel better. I have more energy. I have more clarity. I have more time for myself. I have more time for my kids or I have more time for the things that I want to do. I feel more fortified, I'm sleeping better, I just feel better. So that's confirmation that you're on the right track. Um, and I really love this stage as a therapist because this is when people are really having gratitude and feeling relief and going, wow, you know, I wish I would have done this sooner. I wish I knew that it was okay to set boundaries sooner. I feel so much better. So confirmation is important because it gives us motivation to keep going and it also validates and affirms that we're on the right track. So when you start to have those moments of, yes, I'm doing this and look at me go and furthermore, God, I feel so much better, that's your confirmation stage. Next, we'll have reorientation. So reorientation is when, okay, so you've, we've asked the question, we found the answers. We have educated ourselves further. We've detoxified and we've been confirmed. We've been affirmed, right? This is the right thing. Now that we know we have the right tools, now that we see that setting healthy boundaries and putting our needs first, um, prioritizing self-care, all of that stuff, now that we know for sure that this is a healthy way for us to live, we start to reorient in a number of arenas. So for example, you might feel like changing your profession. It could be that you've decided that what you do isn't making you happy and so you'd like to go back to school. You might, right, so you're reorienting, you're making, you're making these big changes. You might realize that the church or the place where you go to worship isn't really doing it for you. And you'd like to reorient and find a new place of worship or a new a church or a ministry or spiritual guide that falls in line now with your new life. You'll find that healthy people start showing up. Remember, you know, when you had only unhealthy relationships, your family was toxic, your, your friends are toxic. A lot of my clients have found themselves in situations where they're surrounded by unhealthy people with unhealthy behaviors. <clears throat> so, Reorientation is not just cleaning up the messes like we do in detoxification, but reorientation is we're, we're changing course. Our life is headed in a different direction now. Okay, so that's reorientation stage six. 
Stage seven is reintegration. And what I mean by this is we've made major changes. We've changed our course of life. Um, we have found healthier people to be around. We are, you know, we're engaging in healthier behaviors and healthier routines. And now we're just going back to day to day. Okay, so when you and I met, or when we started, you know, at the questioning phase, perhaps, we were, you know, in a day-to-day, -day quality of life, day-to-day -day life, whatever your normal was before. Reintegration stage seven is your new normal, where it's no longer where we're in upheaval, where we're making major changes, where we are, you know, reorienting and setting and charting a different course. Now we're settling in. So reintegration is settling into the new you, to the new normal, and reaping those benefits. Now, during reintegration is where life happens, right? Because we're in our new normal. Life happens, things come up. And we have to preserve our progress, which is stage eight and the last stage of recovery, preservation. So preservation means that we really protect our progress, our healthy bubble. If you've watched any of my videos or webinars, I call it building your bubble. And then when you, once you build your bubble, you protect your bubble at all cost, you know? So preservation means, hey, I have worked really hard to get here. I've done all this work. I feel good about the choices I've made and the work that I've done, and I'm not gonna let anyone or anything mess it up. I'm not gonna say yes to things that are going to bring chaos, upheaval, and, and toxic stress into my life as much as possible. Or let's say, you know, life happens. It's not something that we have a choice about. Something tragic happens, um, and, and unfortunately we can't avoid life and life's difficult moments. But now when we have those moments, they're more manageable. We feel more hopeful. We have a better support system, right? So even if we are struggling because we will, because that's what happens in life, you will still find a way to preserve all the work that you've done and make decisions during that time that focus on keeping your life in a healthy, a healthy mode that works for you. So we had questioning. We had, that was stage one. Stage two, discovery. Stage three, education. Stage four, detoxification. Stage five, confirmation. Six, reorientation. Seven, reintegration. And eight is preservation. And during the preservation stage is when you're in a, sort of a maintenance mode with your therapist perhaps, where you're checking in once a month, um, maybe every three weeks to six weeks, where you're just, you, you know the drill, you've got the toolbox, you've had the practice, but it's nice to check in and just have that person that keeps you centered um, so that might be where you are in your therapeutic process when you're in the preservation stage. Okay, I hope that this has been helpful for you as you are embarking upon or you are, you are already 
you know, in the process of therapeutic progress, or maybe you're not in therapy, maybe you're doing this on your own, which a lot of people do, it's really hard. But I hope that by knowing what you have to look forward to and being able to identify your, where you are in the process, that that gives you hope to keep going and it gives you the language so that you can express yourself to your support system and they can understand where you are in the process of recovery. If you like this podcast, subscribe and leave us a review. Find Mandy Friedman, LPCC, CCDVC on YouTube and Facebook. Join the SNAP Survivors of Narcissistic and Abusive Personalities Facebook group and follow us on Instagram at the official SNAP. Thanks for listening.